Life is back on, sports bettors, and BetUS has your NBA, NHL, NBA, UFC, PGA, and yes, NFL betting lines up for their 27th year and live betting on all of it. Log in to BETUS.com or call 800-792-3887. That's 800-79-BETUS. BETUS for 125% bonuses with the promo code the Zone 125 You bet, you win, you get paid. BetUS.com. Oh, I got the fever, baby. I got the fever. I got the brewer fever. The brewer fever. Right here, Rowdy. This is what I got. Rowdy, you a believer in brewer fever? You a believer in brewer fever, Rowdy? 100% I am. Brewer fever is real as the get it done last night in San Francisco last night into the wee hours of the morning as the crew wins 3 to 1 Corbin Burns not only a phenom on the mound pitching but he also gets it done with the stick as it was what Omar Narvaez Corbin Burns and then Luis Urias later on in the game Rowdy what an exciting game as the Brewers probably should be what 4 and 0 over the Giants instead right now they're what are they? What are they over there? Are they? Two, well, anyways, two they should two, be. I think. They should be undefeated. Yeah, two and two. They should be undefeated against the San Francisco Giants. Instead, though, the Brewers, who got bested by them in the series at uh, American Family Field, go out to San Francisco and said, "You know what? We're the better team." And go and watch us. Corbin Burns is filthy, dude. Corbin Burns rules. That game last night was very exciting. Yeah, and it went by overall for the most part. The first six innings went by pretty fast. Uh, what time? I nodded off because that was a late one. I didn't sleep the greatest on uh, Sunday night, and then I was already tired to begin with. So when I came home, I'm like, 8.45, Jesus. Nelly, Nelly DM'd RJ and I in our DM group at 8.15. goes, only half an hour till first pitch. <laughs> I was like, God, make it. Just can we make it earlier? But no, dude, that game last night, very exciting, and the Brewers looking just like they reign supreme. One of the best teams, obviously. In baseball, how about that game, Rowdy? How about it? Yeah, that uh, the game got over at midnight. Mm, that's not bad. That's not bad. Well, it wasn't the last game on. What was the uh... last game on? Was our Houston Mariners game that we had oh, on the God. Razor's Edge? Did you get the win? No. Oh, un- all right. We're not going to talk about that till six fifty. But, but Rowdy, yes, at yesterday at about eleven o'clock, this was my setup. I had my laptop on with my <laughs> Brewers and Forty ers The TV. Because ESPN had baseball coverage of late night was the Braves and the Dodgers. Yeah, and then and then I was on my phone with the Astros and the Mariners. You had it all on every angle, had, Rowdy. It, so I, uh, the funny part was when I was watching the Dodgers, obviously <laughs> che- cheering for the Braves. All of a sudden, who comes trotting out? But it looked like the old Brewers team. All, all they had, all they brought in were a ton of old brew relievers. Really? Really? Yeah. <laughs> Just it, one after the other? It was pretty funny because I'm sitting there watching the Brewers, and obviously Corbin Burns was dealing. But then all of a sudden, Bickford, Phil Bickford. Phil Bickford? You know, he came out of the bullpen. Corey Knable came out of the bullpen, and Jimmy Nelson. Oh, uh, Jimmy Nelson still pitching? Jimmy Nelson was mentioned, but he did not come <laughs> out. And I was just sitting there chuckling going, well, Good for these guys that they're still pitching decently well. Yeah, but Phil then I'm Bickford. but then I'm looking at the Milwaukee Brewers bullpen and I'm looking at like the haters, the Williams, even Boxberger, and how cheap a lot of those guys were compared to yeah. the guys that they got rid of. 
Yeah. And I, I just kind of laugh because Bickford. the Brewers, if they were like a, a Los Angeles Dodger type team, they easily could have kept Corey Knable because the five and a half million dollars wouldn't have been a thing to pay. Sure. I forgot about Phil Bickford, Rowdy. What a name, by the way. Uh, also, to uh, another cherry on top of the Sunday for the PED Brewers. PED user, by the way. Oh. He's a PED user. He was suspended like half a year or something like that really? for PED use in the minor leagues. In the- he uh, was hey he was in hey, the, you, gotta, you gotta make it up somehow I guess he was in the Will Smith deal from the San Francisco oh, Giants okay yes Phil Bickford P- known he, PED user not he did not have a good Brewers uh, career was he on the Roids then was he in the PEDs then I no. guess not he should have been though uh, also to add another cherry on top of the Sunday the Reds lose last night too three to one to the St Louis Cardinals that means the Brewers are now nine and a half games first place. In the NL Central, my favorite thing, or one of my favorite things last night, uh, Rowdy, it sounded just, 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 just a little like this here. That's a base hit into left field. The pitcher, Corbin Burns, Peterson coming around third, and they're sending him, and Alex Dickerson's not even going to make a throw. I mean, the announcer are not that excited just because, you know, he's the national guy, but my God, Corbin Burns, Rowdy, what can't this man do? Beautiful, long-flowing hair, can pitch the ball like a phenom, and the man can hit. Corbin Burns is a rock star. Around yeah, here. and he looked really good again last night. He looked uh, pretty crisp out Struck on the Struck out nine. Struck out nine times, Rowdy. Nine. I mean, Corbin Burns was spotting the ball really well, and even when he did miss, he would throw him in really good locations. It was hilarious. I had the San Francisco Giants feed. And the Giants announcers were obviously talking about how Corbin Burns was really good this year and he's looking good. And there was a pitch where Omar Narvaez set up on the inside corner and it was low and inside and he threw a cutter and he completely missed, but he still hit the outside corner, like right (laughs) on the dot of the outside corner. And the guy took it looking and the San Francisco 49ers and uh, announcers broadcast team were like, even when he misses, he still finds corners (laughs) because he's amazing. Corbin Burns is incredible. Um, Still. He was second, right? Last time I looked. Well, no, last week I didn't look at all. Corbin Burns still second, I do believe. For uh, he Cy was Young. still second. Okay, good. So Corbin Burns getting it done last night on the mound. Boxberger came in in a little pickle uh, because of Corbin Burns, though. But Boxberger worked his way out, and then he had Devin Williams, the mighty airbender that he is. And then Hater had a little trouble. What was it? Uh, Chris Bryant got a double off a of Hater, right? And then uh, Hater recovered for his twenty-eighth save and tenth straight scoreless appearance. Christian Yelich also has a nine-game hitting streak now. So how about Yelly getting the bat going? Uh, let's see, Jace Peterson had three hits for the crew. Like I said, Yelly with a nine-straight game with a hitting streak. All but two position players had at least one hit in the game. And the Brewers already had to navigate a little COVID-19 stuff, right? Well, now, Rowdy, it's affecting the San Francisco Giants. They got a little Rona in the clubhouse as what is it, Johnny Cueto and someone else. I don't think Cueto has COVID. Oh, wasn't it? I thought um, they said on the San Francisco broadcast that it was just the the sickness. Oh, he just had a little little touch of something, and it and it I guess came up I guess that day. Oh, okay. So well, what he's but sick. in general, that was pretty big for the Milwaukee Brewers. Not only for last night's game because it threw the San Francisco Giants out of whack, but moving forward, you have to like the the Brewers' odds in the series because it is a four game series. Yeah. But last night, the Giants had to use seven pitchers. Yeah. Because they weren't they weren't planning on Johnny Cueto coming down with the flu. No. Um. 
the this is looking nice for the Milwaukee Brewers. The only thing it's not looking nice for is uh, uh, our sleep schedule, essentially, because it's 8.45 last night, it's 8.45 tonight, it's 8.45 tomorrow, and then, thank God, we get 2.45. Uh, Rowdy, are you going to be able to make it for an 8.45 last night, tonight, and then tomorrow night? Are you going to be able to make it three days in a row for 8.45 te- uh, tips for first pitches? Oh, yeah. I Rowdy, 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 by the way, doesn't drink coffee or energy drinks. Just straight water when he gets in here. I don't know how the man does it. It's just the sheer desire to just to just own the own the people, Rowdy, in the morning, right? The uh, wake up and just piss everyone off. Andrew Wagner tweeted at me last night. Isn't it past your bedtime? No, that was at eleven thirty-one. No, my response was, I don't sleep from April to November. No, Rowdy does. Rowdy doesn't really sleep at all, to be honest with you. What, what what do you think you get the most sleep, Rowdy? When the Badger basketball team is bad. <laughs> well, I mean, I remember the Badger basketball it, team being bad, and you still staying up and being mad about it. Uh, winter. Winter, yeah. Well, I mean, once if you think about it, baseball is the the one sport that plays really really long, like April through November. It's a long season. They'll start on April 1st and they'll end on the regular season will be October 3rd. I think the World Series is scheduled to finish. Is it November 2nd or 3rd? Uh, It's one of those dates. It's early November. So, I mean, that's really long. But that's that's the thing. Baseball plays like every night. You can almost find a game almost every single night outside of the All-Star break. Yeah, if you. Yeah, it's insanely long. Where football, it's pretty. It's pretty easy. Like fo- football, you have your Mondays, your Thursdays, your Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays. Now, I know there is some action on Thursday nights that can go Yeah, later. the action, baby. I know there's some West Coast football, but uh, those don't interest me as much. So, Rowdy, the World Series begins this year on October October 26th is when the World Series begins. So you'll get that into early November. Baseball, a hell of a season, but when your team's winning – and winning convincingly, like the Milwaukee Brewers, it's pretty fun. I, I'm ready now. What's the Brewers' magic number down to? To 21, I think, is what I read. The Brewers are inching closer and closer to the you know solidifying themselves into the playoffs. But Rowdy, with a nine and a half game lead, and now they have what their magic number is 21. I know they still got three more games against the Giants, but the Brewers are looking like they're just getting into their uh, their groove here, especially with Christian Yelich turning it around. And you have the phenom arms. I think Freddie Peralta's got to be coming back pretty soon, right? Like, I think he was... Freddie Peralta slated to pitch on Friday. Beautiful. So Freddie Peralta's about to come back. No rehab assignment, no nothing. It was a couple of uh, work off the mound and, and stuff sore, like that. A sore shoulder, It right? was, uh, I think it was the first time he pitched, like, just as, like, in, in a bullpen just to see how it felt. I think it was less than five days after his supposedly scratchy shoulder, yeah, as he termed scratchy it. Scratchy shoulder. He said he felt 100%. He felt fine. He felt great. And then they moved him into a, into a, some more work off of a mound, and he said he felt great. So I don't know if he just had like a tight shoulder for that one start, and now he's good. But yeah. he ended up – he's going to get about two weeks of rest, and the Brewers really didn't fall off. No. Or lose any ground in the central no. with him being out. And I know they lost the series against the Twins, but they still gain ground now. 
And it's definitely going to help this Brewers team that had to, with that Cincinnati series, had to start a 16 games in 16 days. So getting another good pitcher back will only benefit them. Yeah, Freddie Peralta is such a phenom, man. And I'm pretty sure Gustave started a uh, quote-unquote rehab assignment after COVID because he he was the one that wasn't allowed to throw very much because he didn't really have a spot or anyone to throw to. Yeah, He's a guy that I know started last week uh, going down on a minor league assignment. So I would imagine that by this weekend, the Brewers are going to be pretty much relatively 100% healthy. Yeah, there's nothing really wrong with the Brewers, really. And by about the first full week in September, I'm going to go out on a limb and say pretty much their entire roster is going to be healthy, especially when Willie Adamas is expected to uh, most likely start tonight. Yeah, yeah. And yep. Also, Escobar back in a week. Yep, you got that. Uh, let's see, Escobar strained his right hamstring. He'll be ready to return against St. Louis. And then you have Willie Adamas, like Rowdy just said. Uh, wasn't ready to play last night after playing, uh, you know, being the DH against the Twins. But as Nelly said, looking like he'll start tonight, he had the left quadricep muscle that he was dealing with. Uh, the Brewers didn't take ground balls before the game to give him a chance at testing his leg, but uh, didn't go. Uh, again, let's see your trainer's room notes. Council hopeful about Freddie Peralta. He'll he'll be back Friday against the Cardinals, and boom, love it. Tonight, Brandon Woodruff takes the mound, looking to go back-to-back starts, uh, win back-to-back starts for the first time in more than two months, which is insane because how good of Brandon Woodruff is. I just look at this. His ERA, Brandon Woodruff, the big woo, 2.38, but he's 8-7. and seven. The, the Brewers always just, the, the sticks, whenever Woody's on the mound, they just get so enamored with how amazing Brandon Woodruff is that they get they forget to swing the sticks. Uh, but Rowdy, last night, dude, Corbin Burns. Burns now is 12 for 2. Uh, 12 and 2 for his career in 52 games and 18 starts on the road, including 6 and 0 oh this season away from Milwaukee. The Brewers continue to be the best team in the majors on the road. It's impressive of how they ever to get this done. I especially I know we've talked this a few times though, Rowdy. When the Brewers go out to the West Coast, when Brewers do or any actually Wisconsin sports entity goes out to the West Coast, don't they usually poop down their legs? Not this year. Not for the Brewers this year. No, no. The Brewers are juggernauts uh this year. Uh we got a lot of stuff to talk about today. I want to talk we briefly talked about it yesterday. The arms of the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, you got Corbin Burns last night, Freddie Peralta coming back, Brandon Woodruff tonight. Uh, you have also, you know, some playoff scenarios coming up here with what they're going to do with their arms. So we'll talk that. I know Rowdy was talking unique pitches in Major League Baseball. I want to get back into that. We just we barely scratched the surface of that yesterday in the nine o'clock hour. So we'll talk crew. Also, I don't know if you guys know this. The depth chart has been released for Wisconsin football. We got to dive into that as Saturday. Down on Regent Street, we're going to be at the Red Zone Madison, baby. I was talking with Ryan from the Red Zone last night. He's gassed up. We're gassed up. We're going to be crushing from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. the Zone Blitz pregame bash, our two-hour show leading up to kickoff. And then once once kickoff happens, the ball's in the air, then we go and just party our asses off, Rowdy, because we have to. P-A-R-T-Y? Because we gotta. We didn't have it last year. So we got to make up for lost time. Oh, baby. Can you feel it in the air? Wisconsin football. I can already smell the beer, the Bloody Marys, the brats, and the pig skin. Ooh, buddy. RJ, I asked Nelly 
Uh, is, that, is that bacon or you can smell football? Well, here's the thing. It's it's both because one of our awesome listeners, JD and MSN, uh, if you RJ, I think you I think you always absconded away to the game when JD would come. JD, well, well I think you. My fault. He shows up like half did you, hour. Did you guys the have the starts? same tailgating spot as him or around him? Were your parents and stuff and friends tailgate? I don't think so. Oh, okay. I was maybe thinking of someone else then because JD and MSN. No, that was. Uh, some people. Oh, that's what else. Yeah. Jen knows. That's what it was. JD and MSN, one of our loyal listeners, uh, one of the OGs of the show, awesome guy. He would, on his trek from his tailgate to wherever the hell he was, to making it to Camp Randall, he would always, he's a phenomenal chef. He would always make us something. And then on his walk, his pilgrimage over, he would drop us off at the red zone where we'll be as we're sipping Coors Light. And JD and MSN told me. Uh, uh, the request line is open. I'm going to hit you boys up as I'm walking to Camp Randall because it's on his on his way, uh, the red zone. So he goes, what do you want? And I go, well, J.D., you've always have uh, never steered me wrong with anything you've ever wrapped in bacon. So I'll say this JD's, J.D. J.D.'s bring us bacon wrapped something. Nice. Uh, J.D. brought, it was pork sliders, if I remember correctly. That's, you are remembering <laughs> correctly. from what I remember, they tasted pretty good, but... I only got one or two of them Is because that of that drunk, drunk lady yeah. that came in and was just scavenging yeah. our food and beer. Yeah, this lady looked like she was um, practicing for like a uh, like she's like the female version of Joey Chestnut. Like she was ready to just start competitive eating. <sighs> I looked over. I turned my back to our broadcast table for literally like one minute. I looked back and there's this lady hammered. One hand, she has a pitcher of beer. The other, she is devouring the sliders that JD and MSN brought us. I, I've told the story many times, but I just I couldn't believe it. I slapped her hand down. I said, "What are you doing?" She looked at me like a deer in the headlights. A little ham hanging out the side of her mouth. Ran away. Unbelievable. So it is bacon. I can smell RJ because JD and MSN is bringing us something bacon wrapped. Oh, and nice. I can smell okay, well. the pigskin. The thing is, Penn State's going to be better than last year. Penn State's not going to be as bad as they were last year. Clifford's probably not going to play as bad as he did because he hadn't played that bad right. the year prior. You're only going to continue to recruit good kids. I, I don't see them being as bad as they were last year, but they were bad last year. And yeah, they were really good. bad. And I think the big thing that we have to talk about is that, yes, both both teams get the entire offseason and know who they're playing week one. I like the fact that week one, both teams are going to be 100% healthy. Hell yeah. So you're not going to have any injuries. Mm-hmm. Um, you also have it at home. Yep. You haven't played at home in over a year, so I think the crowd will actually be, I think they'll be there and I think they'll be loud. Yep. And I think one other thing is, yes, both coaches are given pretty much the whole offseason to get ready. But uh, I'll take Paul Christ on about anybody when it comes to having extra time to get ready. Oh, same. Yeah. Well, same Paul here. Christ isn't, you know, raising money for charity. He was preparing for a season. So Paul Christ is ready to go. Well, I have a comment here. I think that actually benefits him. He, he didn't have the distraction of charity in, in Dave's <laughs> mind. He was only on tape yeah. and game plan. Only the grinding whole time. Uh, so I want to pose this question, then hit break and come back and talk about it. One of our listeners, Craig, good morning, Craig. I didn't I didn't see this till now. He tweeted this 27 minutes ago. I just saw it. He says, why is everyone so excited for Ches Malusi? He was fourth string at Clemson behind two seniors and a junior and had 27 carries in 12 games. I see this as more of a disappointment for the development of Jalen Berger. 
Think about that tweet, and I want to come back and talk a little bit about our friend and starting running back, Ches Malusi, and the development, I guess, of uh, Jalen Berger. And Craig just said, why is everyone so excited for Ches Malusi? He was the fourth string at Clemson behind two seniors and a junior at 27 carries in 12 games. I see this as more of a disappointment for the development of Jalen Berger. Do you guys feel that way? Listen, I was a little I was a little shocked when I didn't see Berger as a starter, but I figured Ches Malusi wasn't no schlep, four-star recruit. was a pretty damn good back, right? Like, a lot of hype. But I, I think we could could have thought that until we found out, yeah, he's got Osgood Slaughters. Osgood Slaughters. That Jalen Berger has in his um, knee. Knees. Knees. I think it's both. Osgood Slaughters um, syndrome. So... Yeah, it, I mean... It's, a, it's the unknown, I guess, right? Right. And well, we, it's because we saw... you have a bunch of different types of transfers that Wisconsin has been able to bring in. Like, look at some of the transfers, just a, a variety here that we're talking about. Danny O'Brien. Danny O'Brien. <laughs> right after you had Russell Wilson, where Russell Wilson was God, Danny O'Brien was anything but. Yeah. And then you look at some of the other transfers where you had like a Tanner McAvoy, where you brought him in, and then you didn't know what position he was going to play. Yeah. But then you also have a guy like Andrew Van Ginkle who came in from community yeah. college and he was a baller. JJ Watt. Like the, it's it's yeah. Who knows what you're going to get? Yeah. So uh b- by the way, I don't know if JD and MSN, I don't know if you heard, maybe your ears were burning. Brian Calhoun. There you go. JD and MSN just tweeted at me. Uh, we were just talking about the bacon-wrapped goodness that you always bring to the tailgates, JD, and how you're OG of the show and we love you. And then Dave from Monona called in and said he requested a bucket of meatballs from you because he can't find any good <laughs> not, meatballs. Not some meatballs, a bucket of meatballs. A, not yeah, a bucket of meatballs. Did uh, not specify how big the bucket though. No. Uh, looking at Dave, I'd assume you'd expect a, a large bucket, five gallon buckets. Yeah. Uh, JD says to be fair about Ches, he was only a sophomore on a veteran corps at Clemson and was listed as three or four. Uh, Travis Etienne, Lynn J. Dixon, uh, Darian Rencher, and then Ches Malusi was the and or. He says what separates Chess from Jalen, I think, will be the pass-catching ability. Yeah, and that's like if you look at what he did in his career in two years at Clemson, there wasn't a ton of touches, but it's hard to break the lineup when a guy like Travis Etienne is there. I mean, he was one of the better running backs in college football. Yeah. And then when you look at what he did, I mean, in two seasons, he had about 70 carries, and he averaged about six yards a carry. That's and okay. then. He That's even good. yeah he even showed that he could catch a little bit out of the backfield. Mm-hmm. Now, are we nervous about the development of Jalen Berger? Then I don't think that I don't think having him listed as number two is a bad thing, though. I think you're going to see Berger getting played a lot. I mean, last year, the guy had three touchdowns on 27 carries. I, That's pretty good. I'll take that. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't think this is going to be a feature back room. No. Um. And then Isaac Garendo's there too, right? And uh, Garendo, I guess, has been tearing it up in camp too. Yeah, hopefully he can stay healthy. That's been his that's problem. That's the one thing that's you know been <laughs> chasing him. The dude's fast. I, yeah. I mean, I don't expect him to be stealing it away from Malusi or Jalen Berger, but you're going to have uh, two really good guys. And then if Garendo can stay healthy, fingers mm-hmm. crossed, then you got a third guy that's going to be really good. Um, uh, I think if Chaz Malusi is anything, it's the fact that he does give you some insurance with Jalen Berger in those knees. Mm-hmm. Because if the, if the knees are sore, you have another guy that obviously is a Division One talent. 
Yeah. You you don't go to Clemson because you stink. Correct. <laughs> like you you don't get offered there if you stink. Right. No. I don't so think you're a four star recruit either if you stink. Yeah, he he's gotta have something to him. Now, so if anything, it's I think it's a little bit of a boost in insurance. Yeah. Speaking of having something in Ches Malusi, Graham Mertz was talked about uh, Malusi asserting himself as a starting running back. Let's hear from the Kansas Cannon real quick. Yeah, I think the biggest thing with him is just his approach as far as he's going to make the most out of every rep when he has. He's, he's going to do the work off the field to make sure that he, he, he's right on that rep. So I appreciate just coming in and just getting straight to work. Kind of fits right in with the Wisconsin smart, tough, dependable. Like, we're here, we're going to work, and we're going to do it smart. And then he kind of fits right into that and did a great job of just doing that and making his way on the field a little more and more smart tough dependable i think another thing to say that if you're not feeling confident with this wisconsin badgers running back room to maybe put you a little bit more at ease i don't think they can be worse than last year (laughs) because you only are getting a more um experienced and stronger jalen Berger. you're only going to get a healthier backfield where I know Julius Davis has had injuries in the past. I know Brady Shipper has had injuries in the past. I know that uh, Isaac Garendo battled with injuries. In my opinion, you didn't lose anyone really out of that backfield. That's going to be a major hit that you cannot replace. And then yeah. you're bringing in a Ches Malusi, who is a wild card. Mm-hmm. He might, wild he card. might, he might be a Brian Calhoun. He might be a dud. I don't think though the room itself is worse than where it was last year. I think it's only only better. Yeah. Um. Uh, here's Mertz on Isaac Garendo on how he's so good in open space. Yeah, Garendo's just he he's got a extra notch of speed that's just different. I'm excited to get him get him on the field, get him in open space, and see what he can do. So uh, he's he's ready to go. He, he's done a great job of making the most out of those reps and going head first, just diving into it. And he, he's done a great job. Now I will say this. Graham Mertz sounds a lot more confident in Ches Malusi than Isaac Garendo, but that's just a one little clip. So take it with what you will. Uh, the development of Jalen Berger. Let's see, you have two things here. The King, what's up, King? He says, isn't Berger hurt? Plus, those are SEC stats for Malusi. If he played in the Big Ten, those numbers would be tripled. And well, Technically, it's ACC. Yeah, sorry, King. You, you, there you go, King. And then he said you get an offer from Clemson because they don't want him to go to Alabama. Um, hmm, King, yeah, interesting. I don't know. I think Clemson and uh, Alabama have pretty much rivaled each other the last decade. Yeah, yeah. Football season, baby. They kind of trade national championships. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Outside of one year, pretty, pretty much. So more from Graham Mertz here. Uh, I wanted to get to um, when it comes to Mertz, he talks about focusing on what they uh, need to do and not so much who the opponent is in Penn State. Now, Rowdy, you were tweeting with uh, Ben Kenny. Ben Kenny, <laughs> I, I I thought it was pretty funny just because he's talking about how tough the run game was, but then clearly the team it says is zero and five. Yeah, and we knew that Michigan was garbage last year. Yeah, so I thought it was a nice little uh, funny comment. So, Couldn't even get a response. You couldn't even get a response or a reaction. Ben. Unbelievable. So, Rowdy, you had mentioned that uh, there's that the Badger running back room has to be better than last year because, like, how could you be worse? RJ, do you agree? Do you agree in that sentiment with Rowdy? Yeah. So, absolutely. Let me ask you on Penn State. Penn State, there's no way they can be as bad as they were last year, or is that not true? Um, that's also not. That's, that's yeah. That's not. They there's no way. They're going to be an 0 and 5 team to start the season. Yeah, yeah, there's no way they can be as bad as they were last year either. 
Uh, here is Graham Mertz on focusing on what they need to do and then not so much on Penn State. For us, it's just what we got to do is execute our game plan. And honestly, if, if we handle what we need to do in, in game prep, like obviously every game has a challenge. It's the first game of the season, so they could always pull something out that you haven't seen. But it's just going to the game knowing that, that stuff's going to come up and really just having an answer for everything. And truly trusting our progressions, trusting our plays. And every game has its own little things that pop up. Now, he was talking about things possibly popping up. RJ, I think you were the one that sent a story yesterday after Nebraska got housed by Illinois that what was it that Scott Frost said that Illinois threw some different-looking defense at them so they cut half their their playbook in half? Illinois' defensive alignment caused Scott Frost to throw away half of their offensive plan for the game. I'm not going to put Scott Frost in the same level as Paul Chris. I think Paul Chris would be able to adjust. Scott Frost, how big of an idiot are you? I mean, that that comment alone, if I'm the new AD, I'm firing you on the so spot. In this, Graham Mertz just said, you know, maybe they can throw some different looks at us and blah, 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 blah. Like, yeah. I'm pretty sure Wisconsin and Paul Chris will be able to navigate the, some the different looks. The thing here, though, is I don't think Penn State's defensive looks are going to look different. They're, they didn't hire a new defensive coordinator, just the offensive coordinator, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so you're not going to have to worry about too many new wrinkles on that defensive side of the ball that really had some issues last year because of injury. And, uh, you know, they still had a lot of guys not well, return. I think, yeah, one of the things that I think hasn't really been talked about a ton is the fact that Wisconsin is a team that is returning a ton of experience and it's not just a team that's returning a ton of experience. It's a team that's returning some of the more most experience in college football. Like they're in the top 20 for bringing back players that have played now on the flip side, Penn state has lost some really good players. Like Micah Parsons was arguably the best linebacker in college football. Yeah. He goes drafted in the top 15, like Penn state has to replace those type of players. They also had a defensive end. I believe it was that was also drafted in the first round. And we know that Penn state has had some really good defensive lines the last two, three years. So, I mean, they have to replace some really, really good talent especially on the defensive side of the ball. I think they also had a safety that was drafted. So Wisconsin isn't necessarily um, replacing a ton of uh, high-profile draft picks. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, obviously, Loudermilk was a a big guy in the middle. You still have Benton that's still there. They did lose Rand, but he wasn't a guy that was really an NFL prospect. Like, they didn't lose NFL big-time prospects. Penn State did. Yeah. yeah. And Wisconsin's bringing back a ton of guys. Yeah. I, I think uh, that's kind of being undersold here. Yeah. Our guy Grant Bills of the Wisco Sports Show coming up momentarily. Let's go to the phones quick, though. Line one, welcome to the show. Who's this? This is Nathan. Nathan, what's up? So, this Malusi kid. So, just because he's penciled in as a starter right now doesn't mean if he stinks up the joint worse than King's take on this that he's going to be the starter in week two, week three, week four. There's a lot of guys that coming out of their sophomore season, they're third stringers anyways, especially in really good championship teams. Yes. You know, and then let's just take into consideration that after the name, image, and likeness deal that the offensive line has inked, 
we're going to have a bigger, beefier line to protect Grand Mertz and for running lanes. Well, they got that Mission Barbecue, man. It might be greasier for running lanes. Yeah, a little greased up with those rib, that rib fat. Going to the end zone, I'll be your running back. Ain't nobody stopping me. Hell yeah. Yeah, we'll get you in Mission Barbecue. You can shut them down. Open up shop, Nathan. Yeah, I might, I might put them out of business, though. It might have been the worst deal they ever made. <laughs> hey, buddy. Um, you once made a track three hours down to give us some uh, food from, was it Luigi's? Yeah. Are you going to make the trek down Saturday to come party with us at the Red Zone? I mean, I'm off this weekend. So Interesting. I mean, I'm, just, I'm just throwing it out there. I'm inviting, I'm inviting everybody. Okay. Nathan, we love you. Bye. Right. See you, buddy. I'm just inviting everybody. That's all it is. So I just did a little check here. Yes, they did lose Parsons. They did lose a defensive end in the first round. They had a second defensive end drafted and a safety that uh, caught on in the NFL. Yeah, one returning starter on the D-line. A linebacking core that ended up being your starters that were shaky. Um, Your biggest strength are your cornerbacks. And your field goal unit and special teams aren't the greatest. Aren't the greatest. I mean, if you look at Penn State real quick, yeah, they still have a decent secondary on defense. Yeah. They still have some good skilled players on offense, but they're replacing a ton. Life is back on, sports bettors, and BetUS has your NBA, NHL, NBA, UFC, PGA, and yes, NFL betting lines up for their 27th year and live betting on all of it. Log in to BETUS.com or call 800-792-3887. That's 800-79-BETUS. BETUS for 125% bonuses with the promo code THEZONE125. You bet, you win, you get paid. BetUS.com. So I had a vacation last week, and I woke up in a cold sweat on last Tuesday at 7.40. It's like I came out of a a nightmare or some kind of a dream when I woke up screaming, Grant Bills! Wisco Sports Show! Grant, I missed you last week. How are you doing? I miss you too, Evo. I'm swell. I'm glad you got to take a week off and recharge a little bit. I wouldn't say it was really really take off, off, but you know know how it goes. Did you... um can you sleep in when you don't have work? Because I know you're normally up at four. Like, so on your days off, can you sleep in, or are you still up at the crack of dawn? Uh, I got every day. I did get up at four a.m. and like tossed and turned a little bit. And then once the once the kitties know I'm up, they want their wet food because they get wet food in the morning then at night. So yeah. they start walking on my head if I don't get up fast enough. So I did get up. I gave them the wet food. So they stopped annoying me, and then I went back to bed. So that's what I did, Grandpa's. I got you. I woke up this morning, not in a cold sweat, but I woke up in the best mood ever because I had a dream that I was front row at a Grateful Dead concert last night. One of the more realistic hey. dreams I've ever had. And it was a blast. So I feel like this is I weird. Know, I feel like I've already really tackled my day. I've been to a concert so far this morning. Now, I know you always listen you know, from 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. religiously, but were you listening yep. earlier this morning? I, I actually played Grateful Dead, Touch of Grey, and Casey Jones earlier. Really, Evo, it's not personal. I woke up at 7. To get my my thoughts in order, my thoughts lined up for our conversation, but I didn't hear anything before that. And I'm wow. not going to lie, I have not tuned you in. That's I'll okay. I'll the rest of the show after I'm Well, on, that's fine. Of course. I mean, I would never miss a Wisco sports show. I religiously tune in from 4 to 6 uh, p.m. every night from Wednesday, uh, Monday through Friday. So that's okay. That's okay you don't listen to me, but I'll always listen to you, Grant Bills, all right? 
Well, I think you just listen to me so you have ammo to make fun of me or to dig at me if you need. I think that's yeah. why you listen. But I would, hey, I would, I would never do any of the of those things, Grant Bills. Hey, Grant, oh, oh, oh. did you make it last night all the way till? I mean, Rowdy stayed up till one o'clock in the morning. Did you stay up all night last night watching the Brewers take down the San Francisco Giants? Yeah, I think I went to bed around one thirty. I was I was wide awake when the game ended. Um, this morning, I oof, felt better. Um, but yeah, I was wide awake. The game was awesome. That felt like a playoff game. Yeah, I mean, how did it feel, Grant? Because last time the Brewers played against the Giants, I was an American Family Field. Brewers could have swept that series. Instead, what happened was they had egg on their face and uh, lost that series. How did it feel for the crew? Corbin Burns getting on the mound, also with a stick. Uh, it was an exciting game. How did it feel for you personally? Does this give you hope that the Brewers can best some of the best teams in baseball? Well... I think we've heard all year and we've watched these starting pitchers all year and we hear from not just Brewers fans, but I think national media, baseball writers too. It's like, hey, the Brewers are the starting rotation. They could beat anyone in the postseason. It's like, yeah, I know that's how starting pitching is supposed to work. But as Brewers fans, we're not really used to that. And it's not that I don't believe it, but I haven't seen it play out late in the season or in the postseason yet. And I think last night was a really good example. Like I was just in awe with every inning that passed with Corbin Burns. He had another game last night, I think, the graphic during the game uh, showed eight strikeout games, and I think Burns has now like 16, and he's up there with some of the other best pitchers in the NL and the AL with Scherzer and Woodruff, and I think Zach Wheeler was on that list too, Walker Bueller probably. And it's really amazing to watch him do it against the Giants. I mean, they, they got those two early runs, and then I was hoping the Brewers would tack on at some point, and every inning they didn't tack on, and every inning Brandon Woodruff, or uh, excuse me, Corbin Burns, came out and just kept holding the serve. What did you think? I was glad that they brought him back out for the seventh. It kind of stinks that they ran into trouble, but good on Brad Boxberger for getting out of there. You guys had to be pleased. What is this? What are you trying to, to are you out. trying to do something here? No, no. I, I was wondering if, if you guys had thoughts because they brought him back out to start the seventh. Boxberger picked him up, but like that seems to be a little bit of a departure from what Council was doing earlier in the year. So maybe that's a sign of, hey, when we're playing the great teams, when it's late in the year, when it's the postseason, a little more leash for the starters. I, I just thought of you guys last night. No, nothing, nothing. Well, I'm glad you think it of us, Grant. For me. Three words for you, Grant. I yep. loved it. <laughs> I great. loved it. I'm glad you're thinking of us, Grant. I appreciate that. I, that's well, good to hear. Grant, I am always about when a, you are the starter, I will let you at least attempt to finish your work because there's nothing worse than starting a task and then having someone else come in and uh, finish it up for you. So if you're going to, I guess, manage your pitching rotation, I'm a fan of that six-man rotation because you get to actually work deeper into the games, not the okay. five-man where you get pulled in the fourth or fifth. Grant, and sure. I, know, I know you're a big fan. I, uh, In fact, I do believe there is a picture of Craig Council hanging in your studio looking at you as you broadcast every day, correct? There is. There's a picture of Craig Council, and beneath him there is a picture of Future. Those are the only two pictures I have in the studio. I don't understand the Future one, but I'll go with it. But Craig Council, I know you're <laughs> like a Craig Council like disciple, so you're fine with Craig Council pulling guys, even if they have like a perfect game going or a no-no going, correct? Well, so would no you hitter. be fine? Would you have been fine if you know Craig? Let's play along. Let's say yeah. Leonardo da Vinci has oh, just a couple God. more strokes to put on the Mona Lisa, but Craig Council, who was his manager at the time. Comes yeah. in and says, "You know what, Leo? <laughs> we got to pull you. We're bringing in. Uh, we're bringing in someone else to finish up the Mona Lisa for you. Would you allow that?" Well, no, but that's literally not even close to the same thing. Like, I, no, no, I no. Love Grant, up, up there, up there, pitchers who are doing a no-no perfect game—they're painting a beautiful picture on that strike zone, Grant. 
Corbin Burns is painting pictures last night, just getting guys looking, getting guys swinging. I, I don't disagree. He was at 93 pitches. I think he would have had the leeway to finish the seventh. And if he looked amazing, maybe come out for the eighth. Like, I, I think he had leash last night. The problem was he gave up two base runners early on. And against the Giants, especially in only a two-run game, right? Sure. Grant, I have to stop you, you a second, Grant. I, you know, and if we're really talking about painters here, yeah, you can see how angry sometimes Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff are. Sometimes when they get pulled, you would say, if we're going with painters, that they're so angry leaving the mound when they get pulled early, they might want to go cut their own ear off. <laughs> oh, first of all, I love this. And, okay. That's a little Vincent Van Gogh if you're not a cultured man, Grant Bills. Oh, no, I am nothing if I'm not cultured, Evo. Because two if things. they would have left him in, they definitely would have finished Starry Night. <laughs> yeah. Number one, I think Woodruff and Burns might be frustrated at times, and that might show, but then you hear them in the press conference, they're like, yeah, I would have liked to keep going, but, you know, there's a reason there's a manager. And the players don't get to make these decisions is because some people, you know, some person has to protect these players from themselves and make the smart decisions for the outlook of the season. And I think that's the balance they need to find. But number two, I think my, you know, my favorite part of the game was last night, you guys, was when Boxberger got that third out in the seventh inning. And then they went to Corbin Burns, whose win-loss potential last night, his decision was on the line. And seeing how fired up he was that Boxberger got through that inning, I loved seeing that. That was probably my favorite part of the game last night. So that was... That that was a cool part. Yes, he got pulled, but then seeing Boxberger pick him up and seeing Burns' reaction, that was, ooh, that's good baseball. That's good, good baseball. Grant, I was going to play uh, the Donda chant as your outro song today off of Kanye West's new album, Donda. Donda, 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 Donda. Instead, I'm going to play uh, Beethoven's Moonlight Sonata because I feel like you would have been cool with Beethoven you know, trying to ooh. finish his uh, first movement, and you would have been fine with Craig Council, his manager at the time, pulling out Beethoven to replace him with some guy who didn't know what he was doing to finish uh, the Moonlight Sonata. Starting pitchers and writing piano pieces could not be more different. They, they could not. They're artists, Grant. I love analogies. They're artists, Grant Bills. They're artists. They're artists. Yeah, they said, Beethoven said he, if his manager continued to yank him off the stage, he was going to ta- uh, change his name just to Beto because he never got to finish. You guys are on one this morning. Grant, they're, they're artists. The they're artists. <laughs> Grant, they're artists. And yeah. you're, you're fine yeah. with pulling them. How did this become the conversation this morning? I, I just brought it I up. I have no idea. The, you posed the question. Grant, are you coming on Saturday to party? Badgers? Uh, he, <laughs> I, won't cut, no. I won't cut you off like Craig Council does from beer. No, I uh, I cannot come this Saturday because I get to go cover oh, the God, yeah, that's game it. in <laughs> South Dakota. Well, I wish someone would have pulled you from that, Grant, but instead you got to go out there. We love you, Grant Bills. We're checking out the night four to six, baby. Thanks for having me, guys. Have a wonderful day. (laughs) See you, Grant. Rowdy, a couple cuts coming for the Green Bay Packers. The march to get down to 53 men by 3 o'clock is upon us. It started with, let's see here, the Packers cutting uh, Steven Denmark. That was a while ago, a couple hours ago, an hour ago. Don't care. And then running back Dexter Williams a half hour ago was... And then the all-name team that is Rogesterman Ferris is also Wasn't out. Wasn't he as just well. signed? Yeah, he was signed like last week. Yeah, I mean, if you're getting if you're getting signed like that after like someone goes down, it's like, hey, thanks for letting me uh, practice for some yeah, money. Yeah, good for a bit. good chance at at making the squad, but at Ro- least it's a, a tryout. Cornerback Rogesterman Ferris. So uh, there you go. That's so far as what has happened. So Dexter Williams, 
I mean, that really wasn't a surprise, right, for who's ever going to be battling for that third position of running back? No, unfortunately for Dexter Williams, I think the writing was on the wall when you watched the games. Obviously, Aaron Jones didn't play at all, No, yeah, yeah. which makes sense. A.J. Dillon, being a young player, got very few carries, and then it was pretty much Kylan Hill who looked really good, both Actually, in the return game, Kylan Hill looked right. really good. Yeah. yeah, he looked like he had a burst running the football and even showed that he could catch the ball out of the backfield and be dangerous in the open field. And I thought Patrick Taylor actually looked good enough to make the roster as a practice squad type guy who would be their fourth running back. Dexter Williams, unfortunately for him, he kind of came into the NFL in the wrong year. Yeah. Like, I think if he was drafted in that same spot this year, he probably would have the benefit of the doubt. But if if you guys remember Dexter Williams' career, it was one really good year at Notre Dame in 2019. Then he gets drafted the same year as the pandemic, doesn't get any preseason or any training camp, kind of like how we've talked about with Jordan Love. And then when he did get thrown into the games last year, you could tell he didn't know the playbook or the protections like obviously an A.J. Dillon or an Aaron Jones. That set him back. You can't have a running back on the field that doesn't know pass protection when you have Aaron Rodgers. Yep. yep. A guy that already has two broken collarbones. Yep. That's kind of a big thing. It's just a little, just a little bit. And then just a little bit. Also, you didn't run particularly well when Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones were running really well behind that no, same offensive really line. Yeah. And now all of a sudden you come in and you have A.J. Dillon, who did look good when given carries. You mean Quadzilla, the quad father? And Patrick Taylor looks to be explosive. They draft Kylan Hill, a guy that a lot of people think is a steal in the seventh round. You're just kind of SOL. Yep. But, you're, I mean, if you look... Schnitt out of luck. If you purely look at what Dexter Williams did, he didn't play terribly. He actually looked pretty decent in the return game. And here and there, when that offensive line blocked and wasn't getting blown off the ball, he didn't run the ball terribly. He just happens to be behind the four other guys. Yeah, it's just you're just it's crowded, and you're the odd man out. Exactly. So, I hope you catch on elsewhere, I guess, and get some money. Like I'm always for everyone making money. Dexter William, uh, we wish you good luck and farewell, my friend. So yeah, tough day for to be none of those those guys so far. No, are surprising. No, nothing. Um, the only thing that was surprising about one of the names is just the name itself. Rogesterman Ferris. What a name. R-O-J-E-S-T-E-R-M-A-N. Rogesterman. That's the name right there. Yeah, he, got, the, he just got signed within like the last week or so. It was like so. a week, week and a half of that. It reminds me of a, the Key and Peel skit where it's like all those guys with the cool names. All right, so I think there's one guy we need to talk about, though, because we, yeah, we're talking who? about who would you, who would you like well, talk positions about? that are crowded. The Packers are deep. We know this. They showed in 2020 that they're becoming a really deep team, and now you have Goody's draft in 2021 that looks like the overwhelming majority of the 2021 draft is going to make the roster and even going to contribute at at some point. And obviously that's good for the Packers. That's good for their depth, but it just makes a, a deep team even deeper. And another position where you have a ton of guys and not, not as many spots is tight end. And oh my God, Jay Sternberger, Jay Sternberger bye. needs to go. Leave, you're done. And now, obviously, they're going to keep him for two weeks because he's going to be suspended, and it's basically a hedge in case you know your Josiah DeGuaras get hurt again, or your Dominic Daphne's get hurt again, mm-hmm. or your uh, Robert Tunyon, Tunyon or Mercedes Lewis. Like one of those guys in that group gets hurt, I just don't know how you can keep this guy on the roster anymore. What has he have done? 
What has he done? Like it, for a good, like good stuff. Like nothing. In his first year, remember he was hurt, and then he caught like one touchdown pass. Yeah, and everyone's like, "Oh, see, there's some, there's some potential because he was a big receiving threat at Texas A and M." Yeah, well, I mean he was good out of A and M. Or one, yeah, one thing at A and M though that they never asked him to do was really block. What he, here's the thing: he's a third round pick, Rowdy. Round. Well, we see that uh, Goody hasn't been afraid to say, when I screw up, I'm not going to go with those guys and just continue to be bullheaded. I mean, he just cut Kamal Martin, who was a fifth-round pick that actually played last year. Mm-hmm. I think you have to do the exact same. He'll be on for two weeks as an injury hedge, and then he's got to be gone. Like You can name four guys on that roster at tight end that are clearly better than Jay Sternberger. Yeah, and that's a very crowded room. Like we're They're even talking about... Uh, what up to six tight ends that in theory would have had a, uh, had a shot to make probably a, a team that's going to keep four. St- Sternberger Sternberger's might even on, be sixth out of that group. Sternberger, the only thing he has going for him is that he's a third round pick. And like you just said, Brian Gutekunst has been able to show like, hey man, if I screw up, I screwed up. I guess you know he's done. I mean, come on, Mar- was Kamal Martin a fourth rounder or is he fifth round? Was Kamal Martin? Was he fifth? Fifth round. round. Fifth round. So Kamal Martin, I mean, he had some they, flashes last. They traded that fourth round for love. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, they did, didn't they? Uh, let's see here. Our guy Papa Pick says Jace is done. He hasn't shown any potential in the NFL. No, he really hasn't. No, guys that you would say right now on the Packers roster at tight end that are clearly better than him in my mind, obviously Mercedes Lewis, obviously Robert Tunyon, uh, Josiah DeGuara was just selected in the third round and looked decent for the first couple of weeks before he tore his ACL. Yeah. And then Dominic Daphne has really come on and... Uh, what's it? Uh, oh, it's a new guy that Aaron Rodgers really likes. So oh, maybe the, he's a Kafusu. Yeah, the dude Kafu- from. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that guy also is neck and neck with Sternberger, and I think you would have to give him the benefit of the doubt. Sternberger's last in that tight end room, in, in my opinion. Yeah. And Aaron Rodgers, I mean, he has final say. He didn't say. even try to catch that Aaron ball has, from Jordan. No, Love. he didn't. Aaron Rodgers has final say for all the cuts, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, let's go to the phones quick before the Razor's Edge. Welcome to the show. Who do I got? Man, I suggest you work on your phone dialing abilities. Yeah, that Sternberger play where Jordan Love actually flipped it over the rusher that was in his face against Buffalo, that ball was very catchable. He went total alligator arms and didn't even try to catch it. And I think his hands made a stone, too. Also, we talk about his blocking. He was the one that got blown off the ball when they were on the goal line. He does not block worth a damn. You're done. Well, he's done after the first two weeks. Because you, you have, you have a good point. Hedge. You have a good point, though, because they'll see if anyone gets injured. He's going to be suspended two games. See what happens. Rowdy, we're going to see what happens coming up next. Got the Razor's Edge on the docket. You've had how many winning weeks and in a row? You know what the biggest mark was that we should have saw why Sternberger was going to be just not good? Because he stood us up on an interview. That's correct. That was the ultimate mark. <laughs> Karma. I'll personally cut you. Brian Gutekunst doesn't want to. I don't hold grudges, though. Thanks for bailing on us on an interview, Jace. Yeah, for setting it up all gun-ho and then all of a sudden just ghosting. Papa, don't take no mess, Jace. You're done. Looking like the Packers, if it does happen, they're going to be going, um, or it will be Superdome first, but if it doesn't happen, they'll be going to AT&T Stadium. So you have the Packers. Ooh, we did say how Aaron Rodgers balls out there. You know who else really balls out there for the Green Bay Packers? Mason, Mason Crosby. Crosby. And do we have to be worried about Mason Crosby here? He, he did mi- miss. He did miss that short field goal, his first one in over a Uh-oh. year. Oh, we have to mess with his money again? 
Ben, should we he be did nervous get, about Hey, Mason he did Crosby? take a restructuring, he which did. we all thought was going to be for either a big-time free agent or Aaron Rodgers, none of which came true. Maybe them messing with Crosby's money is now uh, messing with his foot. Not worried about Mason Crosby because if you remember <laughs> a couple years <laughs> ago when the Packers beat the Cowboys in that playoff game, yeah, it's Skip beautiful. Bayless had the greatest string of tweets of all time when Crosby hit that field goal. He's still crying about it. Mason Crosbar. Yeah, he's still crying about it. Are you talking it. about when the, uh, to quote one of those tweets, when the hand of God plucked the football and brought it back in? Exactly. So <laughs> Mason Crosby playing in that stadium exactly. will get Skip Bayless angrily tweeting at him. I think he only makes it. I think Skip Bayless only angrily tweets. I don't know if he knows anything else. I think he's probably angrily tweeting right now that the Packers or the Packers that the Cowboys kept. Uh, yeah, he's still mad about it. I that, still don't that's understand. Probably like his like Brandon Bostic for us. I still don't understand I why his Boston. microwave is at <laughs> knee level. Oh, that picture you showed me. No, I see. I bet it is like a Brandon Bostic situation for him with Mason Crosby. But here's the thing. Mason Crosby went out and made a play. Brandon Bostic, he blew the play. Brandon Bostic knew. He said in an interview afterward, like he knew that Jordy Nelson was supposed to go up and, and get that. I've always said this, that if I had a time machine, I would go back in, for a sports event. I would go back in history, and I would either tie Brandon Bostic's shoes together or tell him just to, just to take that playoff. Say, hey, just sit down. That would be the one? Yeah. Because, of course, I'm going to say in Skip Bayless's mind and, and also Cowboy fans' minds, they probably think they beat the Falcons that year, which just isn't true. Yeah. I would tell Anthony Lottie to hold on to the football. Oh, yeah, Rowdy. Twice. Does that count? No, nope, only Twice. once. You, can, you well, only I get would, one time to go back would, in time. I would be the dean or president of, of Wisconsin-Madison, and I would tell him he's no longer in school. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I know your grades are fine, but you're done here. You just, just your time at the University of Wisconsin Madison has ended. I'm sorry, it's I would, abrupt, but um, you can no longer play. I would go back and tie Brandon Bosick's shoes together. That way, he couldn't like you know get a good footing and jump up. That way, Jordy Nelson to catch the onside kick. Ben, you would you would tell Anthony Lottie to hold on to the ball. I I would do that. Actually, I take it back. I would make sure all of the referees in the 2015 national championship had LASIK eye surgery before they ref the game. No, I think what you got to do, I don't matter if they had LASIK or not. I think you got to go and stop the guy with the, with the bag of money yeah. before or, the game. No, I would have paid the refs more than Coach K did. How about you, Rowdy? So, Ben, you're going with the Duke-Wisconsin championship game? I would pay the refs more than Coach K did. Cool, Rowdy? Yeah, I know yours is not Lottie. Yours is something else. No, I just have a lot of ill will towards Anthony Lottie. That, but, you know, yeah, I, was, um, I saw you go through it. Man, for me, what would I go back and do differently? Sports, only sports. Hmm. It's, there's a lot running through your brain right now, isn't there? Yeah, and Brewers I can't related, just, probably. I just can't. Would it be to have Wade Miley stay in yeah, the game? Yeah, Wade Miley game two is a big one for me. CC uh, walking uh, Brett Myers? No, because that team wasn't going to win a World Series. <laughs> no, get out of here, Ben. Um, <laughs> I, it's got to be Wade Miley staying in. Wade Miley's a big one. That's the one that I think haunts your dreams the most. Ah, man, I'm, I'm thinking of some Badger football ones, like just Alex Hornerbrook, just in okay, general. Okay, but were they going to be winning Lottie, a national championship? Just in general. Will they be winning a national championship, though? They might have been able to make it there, and especially if Alex Hornerbrook. Uh, see, I wish, uh, I wish Jack Cohn was like one year older where he could have gotten into the game Would one you go back earlier. in time and save Jack Cohn's ankle? 
Yes, 100%. Because Wisconsin would have won the Big Ten last. No, I'm kidding. Uh, they would have won the Big Ten West. I like Jack Cohn, but his ankles are relevant to me. <laughs> I, don't think they, I don't think they win the Big Ten. No, no, the Big Ten West last year. Now, who cares? Last year, who cares about last year, Ben? That was a that was a throwaway year. Like when the, the Lakers won the, the bubble title. That doesn't count. It doesn't matter. LeBron has a, a fraud ring. I'm still stopping Bostic. I'm, I'm steadfast on that. Man, maybe, maybe um, this might rub some people the wrong way. Nope. But maybe I would do something differently in that uh, 2018 slash 19 season with Coach Bud, where they uh, against the Toronto Raptors. Are you? You would have fired Coach Bud after that. You're still on that. They just won. Who knows? Maybe we didn't have to wait till 2021. Oh come on! They could have swept. They could have swept their way. Bud, three years ago. They could have swept their way. Get out of here! They just won a championship. It crossed my mind. Apparently brought up some painful memories, suppressed memories. We were just out of nowhere asking if we could go change one sports thing in time. What would it be? Rowdy went with, you know, there's Wade Miley on the brain and the Brewers in the NLCS. There was potentially going back and firing Mike Budenholzer after the Bucks lost to the Celtics. But then it took him a while because I think the memory is so repressed and jammed down deep that it bubbled up. And he got up out of his chair and started almost freaking out. Rowdy, tell the fine folks the memory that you suppressed and we just released. Yeah, the one that really gets to me. It's it's got to be that 2007 or 2007 NFC Championship game, Packers Giants. Oh. It's the Brett Favre interception. Oh. The Brett Favre interception. Oh. Like my dad was one of the bigger. I suppressed that memory too. Bigger Brett Favre fans from like Damn day it. one, and my uncle will always tell me the story about how he said, "Yep, this guy is going to come in right when they traded for Brett Favre <clears throat> and lead the Packers for their first Super Bowl in years." And and my uncle laughed at him. Well, then he ended up, you know, being a three-time MVP, winning a Super Bowl, uh, appearing in two. My dad before that game told me that you know what Brett Favre's getting to the end of his career. I'll pay for us to go to the Super Bowl oh if they win that God. game. And I obviously Brett Favre was my my favorite player growing up, uh, and it was the right there. It was the right man. there, and then he threw the pick, and it wound up with me on the floor, same. angry, sad, all at the same time. I was like, a, what was and that? I? Was the last time Brett Favre ever played for the Green Bay Packers? I was uh, at UW Whitewater. Uh, was it Webster, if I remember correctly, that uh, intercepted that pass? Oh, just terrible, dude. Uh, something I would go I back. Think and, if I would go back and do it again, I would sneak onto the sidelines and punch him as hard as I could in the ribs as a twelve-year-old kid. What about the nuts? Just to make sure. Okay. Nut shot, just to make sure. Uh, two things. Well, one thing I would relive, and one thing I would do differently. I would go and relive when Brett Favre threw the interception against the New Orleans Saints, as he's wearing the Minnesota Vikings garb. That's hilarious. And then I would go back and I would find the government's weather machine and turn it off. That way there's not a rain delay between the Cubs and the Indians. <laughs> Just so Dave from Minota doesn't have his ultimate trump card of win something. Correct. I would I would turn off the weather machine so there's not a rain delay. So yeah, it would be n- nice weather. That way the Indians win the World Series instead of the Chicago Cubs. Uh, line one, welcome to the show. Who's this? Terry from the North Side. Oh, speaking of the copies, and there he is. Terry, what's up, brother? Well, first I want to talk about the Packers. You know, that last ad that you guys were talking about right, between uh, Tom Brady 
and, uh, and Aaron Rodgers as far as drafting quarterbacks. See, here's the difference that the commercial is missing, or your ad is missing. See, the, the Tampa Bay called Brady and said, who should we pick? Oh, the promo. The Packers yeah, yeah. called Rodgers and said, we're picking your replacement. So, Aaron, don't take it personally, but start packing your bags. <laughs> hey, don't take it personally, but pack the bags. You're out here. But let me let me get this story straight here with you now as far as without that fire of interception, yeah. which is true. Which one? But now, Well, the, the, get the Giants, you're them. absolutely right about everything you just said except one. You forgot when Rodgers reported to his first training camp how the Green Bay Packer fans treated him like shit. Hey, let's be careful with that language, Terry. Pardon me? Okay, treat him like poop. <laughs> there you go. Thank you. Appreciate that. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay, but no, <laughs> let's turn the clock back. Let's, let's turn the Homer vision off, boys. And Never. let's go back to the facts. They treated him. They, they, they insulted him as he walked through the gates, as he sat on the bench for the first two years because of injuries. He was not treated very – and then all of a sudden, after they drafted Brian Brum from Louisville, things began to change, and Hollywood Rodgers took off. Yeah. But the Packers threw the dice, and they got lucky. Just like they did with Mr. Love, they threw the dice, and again, will they get lucky? It will be sneak because eyes. If, and I will go back and say if – the Packers really knew how good Rodgers was going to be. Then why did they take the Louisville quarterback, who, a matter of fact, even has a football card out for, for God's sake, of the Green Bay Packers, who was later picked up by waivers or on the taxi squad from the Buffalo Bills, to show you how bad the Packers missed on Brian Brom, that um, he was maybe going to be Hollywood's replacement. Oh, Terry. Terry, you know that Brian Brom had a failed career. Obviously, for all the things that you said, but also being known as either the guy that was a horrible draft pick or other people would just know him as uh, Brom. I'm forgetting his blank on his first name right Brian. here. Yeah. Brian. No, 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 no. His brother coaches at Purdue, and his brother, for the oh, most part, Jeff? has been a failed, failed Nelson, head coach at Purdue. He's the brother well, to a right, failed Nelson, head coach. You're right about all that. But Nelson, just think what if Brian. I don't know if you related to Aaron Braun or not, but that's another question. Yeah, we're all, oh, we're all brothers and different me. mothers. Me about that one. But anyway, just what if he would have been successful and Hollywood would have got his ticket out of town? <laughs> you know, we could, see, conspiracy, guys. Keep... you got to think about conspiracy. Well, Terry, I still go back. Aaron Rodgers. I think about conspiracy every day. I've intentionally threw that ball away on third down, and the Packers knew it, and that's why they kicked the field goal. Terry, we love you, brother, even with your dirty mouth. Walking the dog, brother. Hey, the facts lay here. No Homer vision when I call. Agree or not, laugh or not, stick a middle finger up or not. What, never. There's no Homer vision on my part. All right, say so yourself. Love you. Go Cubs. There it is. See you, buddy. Love you too, Terry. Even if you're Cubs fan. I'm line two. Welcome to the show. Who's this? This is Doug. Hey, Dougie! Good morning. I, I won't have a potty mouth like that, guys. That's Terry, the king of the north. I think... I'm actually going to have to put the explicit uh, thing up on our podcast now. I have two dumb buttons. I hit both of them. I hope it worked. <laughs> so my question is, do the Packers get rid of Brett Favre if he, they go to the Super Bowl and they win it in 07? Well, to quote Kanye, since he's got a new album that I this, won't listen to, this is um, not that good. he'd probably just drive off in a Hyundai. <laughs> yeah. That's good, yeah. Kanye. That's old Kanye. I miss the old Kanye. Hey, Dougie. But, yeah. Are you coming on Saturday? I, I, oh my sure. God, Doug! Is Greg going? I don't even know if Greg. G Dub, G Dub, like RSVP'd like two weeks ago. Did he really? <laughs> yeah, don't you like, have? I'm don't be you there. have paid time off? Yeah, I do. Maybe I'll, I'll try. There is, there I'll is try. do or do not. There is no try, Doug. I, 
It's like okay. when it's like when I ask people, "Do you drink water?" Like, well, I try to drink water. It's like, what do you mean you try to drink water? What do you like? Put your head under the faucet and then you hope where, something gets in your mouth. You either drink it or you don't. Where are you guys gonna be? At the red zone, partying our asses off. Okay. Doug, right, I would love nothing yeah. more to me and Nelly, and then on the left of me is G Dub, and the right of me or right of Nelly is you, the twin brothers. Could you imagine the muscle of you two walking around? Be sick. Bookends, man. Yeah, bookends. We're gonna Nelly and I are gonna run our mouths constantly, and you guys will be our bodyguards. I, yeah. Aren't you guys I'll Marines? Aren't you Marines too? Yes, sir. God, I'll, I freaking I'll see what love you. What? Well, do you think, so? Do they get rid of them or not? Who? G Dub. I feel like that'd be a pretty a pretty hard one to get rid of a guy that just won a Super Bowl. But I have been on a take saying maybe you consider it if you win. Maybe I don't know if I could move on from a quarterback that just won no. a, a Super Bowl. But I feel like exactly. I could potentially move on from a coach that won an NBA championship. <laughs> <laughs> Doug, if you could if you could go back in time and change one sporting event, what would it be, my brother? I'd have to go back. I, I like the uh, the Badgers where we got hosed in the, against Duke. Yeah, go back and do like late. Was it LASIK surgery? No, well, you, I think you have to bring a lot of money because and just pay the refs more than whatever Coach K paid them. That hurt. I'm not gonna lie to you. That hurt me. But you know what? My opinion: the real championship game was against Kentucky. That's all. Thirty-eight and done. Yep, they were the best team all year, and we beat them. So my eyes, that was a championship game. Dougie, so I can't. Can, wa- I cannot wait to see you Saturday, brother. I will, I'm gonna try my again. My it's like the people that tell me they try to drink water. It's either you drink it or you don't. There's no there's no try. <laughs> Doug, we love you. I'll, I love you too. Let's see, buddy. There right. it is. Ah, I got two more that just came to mind. If we're talking Wisconsin football, please the Rose Bowls, yep. or Oregon, TCU, Oregon and TCU for sure. What would you do? Uh, would you just add a little more time on the clock? Um, TCU. I would have told them. Run the guy in the backfield named John Clay. That probably would be good enough. And then um, the other one for Oregon. Oh, I'm still a little butthurt with the refereeing in that game. Remember, was it uh, Danny Davis being called for pass interference? Offensive pass interference? Oh, my God, yes. Ben, help us out. What was that? That was terrible. What about when Jazz PB? No, I would. I mean, I wouldn't probably change much. But Jazz PB, when he caught the ball, took five steps and against Northwestern. No, that that pass interference call was an absolute joke. Yeah, it's beyond. Yeah, I um, it was com- it was beyond I was comical. actually at the time I started the that Rose Bowl game at an an ex girlfriend's house, and I I had to leave because I was getting too upset with the game. That I, I had to go home and be by myself as I scream at the TV, and they, then it only went downhill from Roddy, there. I think they make. Uh, I think they make. TV commercials about that, where like if you're doing that, get help. I mean, <laughs> call I, this number. <laughs> I, had, I was like physically getting angry, and like, I know, I, I'm like, I need to go. I've home seen and those be TV commercials. Like, there's fan, and there's a fanatic, and they I think they have anger issue hotlines. What do you say, <laughs> Rowdy? I had to leave. I just had to. Leave. When I look at that game, it's Anthony Lottie dropping the puck. Oh. That still gets me. So then it goes back to Rowdy. What he said last segment, he would be the he'd go back and become dean of Wisconsin and kick Anthony Lottie out of school before the season started. Yeah, he probably never would have made it past his sophomore year. (laughs) (laughs) What is he doing now? Besides being a punching bag here. (laughs) Working in the same public-private sector that we do? I mean, I I have no idea. He's he's not employed by any NFL team. No. No. I mean, you don't employ employ punters that had a career average below 40. (laughs) What's J.K. Scott? What's he at? Now he's struggling lately. 
Anyways, uh, another another cut just came in. Young Ben Kenny sharing it with us. Packers have released the cornerback. Kebion Ento. Interesting. Kind of a surprise then. 